Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Daily Kofefi on Unsafe Space. Today is Tuesday, August 27th. I am your host, Carter Laren, joined, as always, by my co-host in a different hat than what I've seen in the past, the bad mamma jamma, Carrie Smith. Hey, Carrie. Hi. Hi, Carter. Good morning. Yes, this is uh, a different hat. Doing? Is this nice? Uh, like it. It's it's uh, Western, kind of, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's cool. You can't see, but it's got this great feather on the side. I love it. Um, I am very sleep-deprived. I slept about two hours, as you know. But, yes. uh, <laughs> but why? I, what I don't know is why, other than that you drank an espresso. I did. So last night, um, I was out with a friend. We went hat shopping and then uh, had dinner and then stopped at this... I had never even heard of this before. Starbucks has these reserve. Do you see this? See this cup? They uh, have no. these uh, special I, reserve bars. Huh? I see it, but I don't know what it is. That's a Starbucks cup? Yeah. And like, I rarely go to Starbucks anyway. I think it's overpriced and not very good. It's too sweet. But, um, but they had this fancy reserve bar with crazy concoctions and like bartenders, but they're like bartenders for coffee. And they had all this special stuff. And the, the, the person there, she was like, yeah, there's only like 19 of these in the country or something. And so anyway, my friend, I was saying, I don't know if I should have any coffee because it's late at night <laughs> or it's, <laughs> you know, it's night. And my friend was like, well, I'm Italian and we drink espresso at night. And I have friends and we, you know, you drink espresso and you're fine. It's fine. We can go to sleep. And, but, and see, I just got convinced that I could do it. But I know how I react to coffee. <laughs> I am very sensitive to coffee. And I don't ever drink espresso. I just drink regular drip coffee. So I had this um, espresso hazelnut thing. And let me tell you, I could not <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> so I finally I just had to get up. And I was like, I guess I'm just going to do chores until I feel sleepy which wasn't an, I did not feel like I could rest until around like eight this morning. Isn't that crazy? I, say, I mean, I, my text from you, I was, was wired. It was three hours ago and you told me you were going to maybe <laughs> have a little nap now. Yes. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I'm going to get up and tackle some of the chores on this list and watch this Menendez brothers docu-series in the background, which you do can do in the middle of the night and creep yourself out. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, I, I got a couple hours of sleep, but don't drink coffee at night, guys. We're not all Italians. <laughs> anyway, no. um, Dumb story, no. but that's why I'm tired. No, I'm mm. glad you shared it, I guess. Uh, so you can cut it all out. No, I will leave it in. <laughs> I think the audience wants to know about your poor decisions. Poor decisions. So, <laughs> Yeah. Don't worry. There are many more to come. Oh, hey. <laughs> All I know is this coffee I'm drinking now, this morning that I made, doesn't hold a camp. Not going to have any similar effects. No. Uh, well, I you are using the wrong mug, though, Carrie. So. Mm. I don't have one of those yet. I know. I need to send you one. Um, I need to send everyone one. So, Carrie, you wanted to talk about something that I had not heard about until you said you wanted to talk about it. So I had to go look it up. Would you like oh. to share with everyone um, what yes. our fine academic institutions are doing today? Uh, well, this just reminded me of the video we did, Deprogrammed, and when we were talking about how my old ideology has moved into STEM and has moved into the hard sciences, and we were kind of joking about feminist biology. 
this is SJW Physics. Let's see if I could share this. Um, mm -hmm. So this is in Campus Reform. Stanford pushes separate physics course for minority students uh, in an effort to achieve diversity within its physics department. Stanford University is offering a separate physics course in order to ensure retention of, quote, underrepresented, in quote, physics majors. The initiative also includes two other physics courses focusing entirely on, quote, diversity, end quote, and, quote, inclusion, end quote, within dis the discipline. This is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Look at this guy. He doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know. Am I a model? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just talks about how they, um, a 2016 survey revealed that Stanford's physics department is one of the least diverse departments within the institution. And the university has since embarked on a mission to resolve that supposed concern. According to a university news release, um, one of the steps they've taken is they've, they're promoting a modified version of the standard mechanics course which is a requirement for physics majors boasting, quote, added support. So in this version, um, they're, they're going to have additional class time as well as having learning assistants, mm -hmm. uh, individuals who have a passion for, quote, education equity. There's that word, equity, mm -hmm. equality of outcome, who are paid by the university to guide students through the difficult course. The university says this modified course helps to increase diversity in the field because – quote, students from underrepresented groups often don't have the same level of preparation from high school as their majority peers. The difference in preparation is large enough that it may lead students to drop out of the major, but small enough that the kind of support offered by this course may, can be enough to keep them in. You don't know that. Um, so th this is so condescending. This is that whole bigotry of soft expectations thing. It's like, you're not doing women low expectations or yeah. low expectations. Yeah. The soft bigotry of low expectations. You're not doing women and you're not doing people of color any favors by treating them as if they are, um, lesser, lesser than and need additional help and resources. Like as if they can't compete equally. It, it's so backwards. It's like you, we've come the SJW left like goes full circle. They go full circle until they bump up against like white supremacy and racism and sexism. I mean, that's what they are. It's like yeah. horseshoe theory. My friend Gabriel said, um, anyway, what do you have to say about this article? <laughs> uh, well, um, here, let me share something with you. This is the Stanford page for the course that we're talking about. It's physics 41 E and reading this page, Carrie, actually doesn't, it doesn't look that bad. It looks like a remedial program that colleges do have for people who like, oh, I'm not ready to get into the introductory physics for whatever reason. I went to a school in the you know, middle of nowhere and we didn't have a chemistry lab or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And in the, in the past, those classes have been offered, not based on race or anything or gender, just like if you're not ready to get into... The, the regular physics class, you have to take the remedial class first. You know, it's a couple of credits usually, whatever. Um, but sometimes I think it's reduced credits because it's kind of like we're prepping you. You really shouldn't get credit for this because we're getting you caught up, right? Whereas this one's more credits. Yeah. So this one, so this one, there's a there's a couple of things that strike me as a little bit different here. But again, reading it didn't seem too bad. Although it'll get worse in a minute. Don't worry. But 
at, at first glance, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. This just looks like a remedial class. And you look at some of the things. Now, one odd thing is, as you pointed out, this is a five-unit version of the four-unit class. So you actually get more credit than doing the intro class for going to, than by going to this class, which seems a little bit odd. And this is kind of, they have like a call for TAs, or they're called them LAs, learning assistants, that they'll pay to come in. And, you know, some of this stuff isn't horrible. They'll mentor students and help them and check in with them. And like, uh, okay. It doesn't, it doesn't sound, doesn't sound that bad. One, one thing that I don't like about it is that they're doing group work, which I think in, in a field like physics, you know, group work is, is maybe fine if you're trying to teach people how to collaborate on projects where there's lots of different complicated parts and you're building something and you do this part and I do that part and whatever. And you, that is part of learning is learning how to work in a team, but for a basic physics for, you know, that, that's the kind of thing that should happen later after you, everyone has a basic understanding of what they're supposed to be doing. Working in a team at a level like this just means that the smarter person in the group or the person who knows it does the work and the other people nod and yes, that, right. That's, it doesn't actually do anything. But so this, I was like, well, this isn't so bad, but then, then I found the article in Stanford about why this is Stanford news from August 14th of this year. This is the article about the whole initiative and where this is coming from and why they're doing this. And as you said, Carrie, this is when a lot of this stuff comes into, we lose a large number of black, Latinx, and native students, as well as women of all races in the first two years of undergraduate study. And and they make, they, they do these things which are anti, they make these statements which are anti-science. So, for example, <laughs> they say, a lot of that is due to the lack of community and overall climate. People from underrepresented groups often do not feel welcome in physics classes. You don't know that that's what that's due to, that you just made that up. I yeah. could, like, if, if in the world of physics, I said, well, the earth gets a lot of, heat from the sun but most of that is due to the sun's bad attitude about the earth and yeah. it's they're like just, they're just no, assuming. You, you just said that <laughs> like they're just assuming cause we've talked about this before they just assume well yeah. it yeah. must be because of xyz right but that's not that's not necessarily true let's see if you keep reading here to address this problem head-on west wet wetzler i'm not how to pronounce her name and six other physics faculty members formed the Equity and Inclusion Committee, oh goody, uh, which also includes students, research staff, and postdocs. So they formed a couple groups. They formed a student group called Physics Undergraduate Women and Gender Minorities at Stanford, Pumas, and the Heising Simons Foundation's Physics and Astronomy Leadership Council, this person joined. So... It is focused on diversity. This isn't the only thing they're doing. So let's, let's, I want to make one other point about an error they're making here. So first of all, they're noticing that students are dropping out mostly in between fall and spring of the first semester. Well, that would make sense because that's, that's when physics ceases to be a dream in your head and begins to be a reality of what your life would like be like as a physicist. And you go, oh, 
This do, you know, do you know why women are dropping out? I'll tell you why this woman would have dropped out. I went to a science, I went to a specialized science and math high school. Okay. It was more, it was more rigorous than Duke. It was more rigorous than my college. I hated physics. It's boring. <laughs> and, I love physics, so I don't relate to okay, that. Okay. Yes. I don't relate to that, but I hated it. Now I'm not saying I'm represented, clearly I'm not representative of all women. There were a lot of women at my science and math school who loved physics, but on average, we've talked about this. Women enjoy working with people and animals more than objects. Um, women in the, if women who are gifted um, in in one of these in one of the STEM fields, they're usually gifted in more than one. So, whereas the men who are gifted in one are usually not as likely to be gifted in others. So, women have more choices if they're on the higher end, right? So they're just making these assumptions. It's like if if I dropped oh. out of a physics class and they're looking at that and saying, "Oh, it must have been because of sexism and she didn't feel welcome." It's like, no, it was boring. And you know, at my science and math school, my physics teacher made me run laps around the classroom because I hated physics so much that I always argued with him. <laughs> well, you know, I I I think it's important to bring a little bit of just a tiny bit of scientific rigor to the physics okay. department at Stanford. So let's, let's help them out, Carrie. Okay, um, I'll do this. They say that people are dropping out because of uh, the lack of community and overall climate, and people are feeling underrepresented in physics. That's the reason. That's the reason they've given us. Let's just help by doing what a normal person might do when a normal scientist might do when there is a, an outcome. They might brainstorm some hypotheses. Why might that be? Before I jump to conclusions, what are some possible reasons for this? And then we can go investigate. We're not going to do the second half of this, which is investigate what the actual one is and get some data. So one of the reasons that I thought of was, well, perhaps... Perhaps they're dropping out because you've spent the last 12 years of their life pushing them into physics based on their skin color or their gender when they don't want to be in physics because they don't like it or there's something else that interests them. That could be one potential cause. I have, as the audience knows, I have a child and the amount of focus, so I'm, I'm pay, I pay attention to what schools in the community, especially in the Bay Area, pitch to kids and parents about what kids need to be learning. There's a huge focus on girls have to do STEM, girls have to do STEM, girls have to do STEM, girls have to do STEM. Is your girl programming? Does your girl do physics? Girls have to do STEM, girls have to do math. We need more girls in math, more girls in physics. Girls don't always want to, some do, but I Bet you anything, there's a hell of a lot of girls in the Bay Area who are pushed into a STEM field by parents and people in their community who are, are foisting them there to make up for what they perceive as some inequality in representation that's somehow unjust. And they're going to exploit this child's gender for their greater goals while simultaneously making their life more difficult because They've got to now go to Stanford, take a semester of physics, and figure out that's not actually what they want to do. They are forcing preference. They think they can force preferences. And they also believe that um, the people who believe in equity, equality of outcome, 
well, first of all, they're okay with doing everything unfair and unequal in order to get to, to arrive at an equality of outcome. They don't care about equality of opportunity. They're, they're totally fine with unequal classes like this. They're totally fine with unequal opportunities. As long as they can say statistically 50% of STEM is women and 50% is men. Like who cares? It should doesn't need to be 50%. Why does that matter to you? Right. Well, and just to be clear, I don't think this class actually doesn't let you in if you're white. No, but, no. I'm just but, saying in general, that's what, yeah. that's what these people favor is unequal. Whatever the methods are, it doesn't matter to them because the ends justify the means. And they want right. statistics at the end saying, hey, this is perfectly reflective of the dem- percentages and demographics in our community, or maybe even more so, more women and more people of color than there are, are in our society. But well, the- be- because they're social justice warriors and obsessed with power, they don't care about that for powerless positions. They only care about that for positions that they think have prestige and power. So that's why they never say there's an unequality. There's an unequal representation of women in homelessness population in the U.S. Like, right? They don't care about that. Right? Why don't we increase the number of female garbage truck drivers? Right. Yeah. There aren't enough women on oil rigs. Like, okay. Right. But you know, it's only there aren't enough women in positions of power. So anyway, so. The other thing that they said here is that they claim that one of the reasons that people are dropping out is that they think that, quote, physics is not relevant to their communities. And, and it, it was a weird wording because I realized they didn't say it was the main reason. They said like one of the main reasons, which means there's probably some other reason that they don't like that doesn't fit their narrative that they just deleted and didn't talk about in the article. But one of the reasons is that physics is not relevant to the communities. And I thought, Carrie, why would physics not be relevant to minority or person of color communities in America? Because it's relevant to, you know, people of other skin colors and, and, and genders outside of the U.S. Why do we have this problem where they don't view it as relevant? And I realized, actually... If you're in a battle, if you've been convinced that you're in a battle over who can seize the power of government and point the gun at someone else to steal resources, and that's what you think the world is, well, studying a deep technical field that may or may not have real world uses in, in decades, if that, if then, really doesn't seem super relevant to your community. You've been grown up to, to be taught that the government is the answer to everything. And if the government's the answer to everything, physics actually doesn't seem all that relative, relevant. I mean, you have to study for, for decades before you might have an engineering application or something that will change the world. But what, what minorities are being told in the U.S. and everyone, but minority communities in particular, someone treats you unfairly, get the government to fix it. You're poor, government can fix it. Feel unsafe in your community, government can fix it. Bad schools in your neighborhood, government can fix it. Prices are too high for you, government can fix it. Can't get a job, government can fix that. Wages too low, government can fix it. Someone else doing better than you, government can take care of that. That's what they're taught. So if government is the solution to literally every personal problem in your life, why is physics relevant to them? I don't think it is. They're fighting over who can control the state. That's the big thing that everyone's fighting over right now. We're not in a world of the industrial revolution where physics matters anymore. 
we're in a world where like we're fighting over who who's pointing guns at whom. You have to uh, uh, the pointing guns at the you, people don't understand what you mean when you say that. Some people don't. Oh, sorry. Uh, really quickly, I don't want to go into a big lecture. Really quickly, the essence of what the government is. When I say the state, I mean the the nation, any like the political. You know, the, the U.S. is a state. I know that people think of the states in the U.S., but the United States. Um, but the U.S. is a state. So government. When I say state, I mean government. And the fundamental thing that differentiates government from corporations or nonprofits or any organization or from you or from me is fundamentally they have been given through the way society is organized. They've been given the right to initiate the use of force against other people. They're allowed to point guns at people. Ultimately, if you don't abide by any particular law, no matter how small it is, if you're ordered to pay a fine and then you don't do that and you're ordered to show up in court and then you don't do that, if you just do nothing and you ignore any particular law, no matter how small, eventually men with guns will show up at your house. And if you refuse to go with them, they will use, like, they will use lethal force if necessary to take you with them. So that's because that's what the government is. The gov we've given the government uh, authority to use force to rule us. That's, that's what government is. So if someone murders someone you care about, you've, you, you no longer have the freedom under a government to go exact revenge or find out who it was and, you know, take revenge yourself or whatever. That's, you go to the state and the state does it for you. So, and that's true for everything, for, for regulations for minimum wage, right? It's, if you don't pay minimum wage because there's a new minimum wage law, well, you get fined. If you don't pay the fines, you go to jail, like men with guns show up. Every law, at the end of every law is a SWAT team. That's, that's at the end of every single law, no matter how small that law is. So when I say they're fighting over who points the gun at whom, what's happening, especially in minority communities in America, but everywhere in America right now, is... Instead of looking to ourselves and our communities and our churches or other organizations where we're like, hey, can we solve this as a community? We've got a community problem or, or Carrie has a problem. Can we help her out? Or we have this thing that we, we don't like or something that we want to make better. How can we better ourselves? How can we help our community voluntarily? What can we do to, to collaborate voluntarily to fix things? Instead of that being the focus, now the focus is, what laws can we get, get passed? What person can we get elected that will force things to go our way? And that fundamentally is why I'm calling this a fight over the gun in the room. And that's what they're doing. They're fighting over the gun in the room. And if that's the fight that's happening right now, I understand why physics doesn't seem super relevant to your community. If you can get someone elected that's going to rain money on your community or pass laws you want or do whatever it is that you want, well that actually has more of a tangible impact in the short term that you can see than doing some physics research that may in 30 years result in efficient cold fusion, even though um, can that's I, more. So can I interject oh. here? Yeah. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. And yes, this is also, this is the SJW ideology. It's not just minority communities. They also teach women that this is the most important thing they can do is to seek power. Um, I was including but, uh, that a little bit. Right. But you're, yeah, you're right. Right. I'm just trying to be clear. So yep. um, this is the part that, let me share this. 
okay, this gets to like what we were talking about in the other podcast, like feminist biology. Mm -hmm. So just so parents know what they've done to these classes, and this isn't the first time I've seen this, you can go to any elite college now and look at their look at the syllabus of some of the uh, courses and realize very quickly, wait a minute, this isn't about math. This is about uh, SJW ideology, <laughs> or this particular one isn't about biology. This is about SJW ideology. So here's two new classes they've added where you get credit for physics, but you're not learning physics. So um, other courses offered to bridge the supposed diversity problem at Stanford include two one-unit physics courses that address not physics itself, but rather concepts of diversity within the dis uh, discipline. Uh, here's one called Diverse Perspectives in Physics is a seminar course in which physics faculty members from diverse backgrounds share the story of their lives and careers. Physics majors can earn academic credit by learning, quote, what it is like to be a female professor, end quote, or, quote, a faculty member raised first generation or low income, end quote. The course takes place over lunch and consists of a discussion of the lives and career trajectories of various, quote, diverse professors. Um, a similar course is called uh, Beyond the Laboratory Physics, Identity, and Society. It's led by students <laughs> rather than professors. In this course, physics majors can earn academic credit by generally exploring, quote, issues of diversity in culture and physics, end quote, by applying concepts such as, quote, critical race theory. There's critical race theory, right? An optional, now this is really gets my goat, an optional extension of the class allows students to receive additional credit, and we're talking about physics credits, right, for developing a workshop to teach high school students about inclusion in science. So they're, they're not only being indoctrinated in SJW ideology, they get extra physics credit by going out and indoctrinating kids younger than them. If they go to a high school and they indoctrinate kids at high school, they get extra credit. And this is just, there's nothing, I'm, this is just, this is one of the best examples of what we're talking about, of how it's corrupting the hard sciences, because you're thinking your, your, your kid is getting an education in physics, and they're sitting there listening to people talk about critical race theory and diversity and inclusion and all the other components of this belief system. Um, basically, I think if you look through a course syllabus and you see words like, there's all these SJW words, if you see critical race theory, if you see diversity, if you see inclusion, like you can pretty much guarantee this is going to be an indoctrination class and not an educational class. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put a, I'll put a link to this in the, in the show notes of the video, but here's the, here's the article from Stanford News that talks about why this came to be, well, these organizations, other inclusive efforts, Physics 41E, Physics 94S1, this diversity one you're talking about. It talks about the other one, Physics 93S1, uh, all that stuff. But there's a quote in here I want to highlight. <clears throat> this is by one of the professors involved here. We want to have the best people in the world involved in this research, talking about physics research, but... I believe that it is a human right to understand how the universe came to be. Now, Carrie, I, I sometimes rail against like ridiculous rights that people invent. That's my favorite one. No one understands where the universe came to be and how it came. <laughs> the, 
We think there are theories. How is it a right to understand something that actually no human alive understands? It's a bizarre, it's a bizarre wording. Um, but that's what we've got going on. And this is Stanford. This is not, this is not like Podunk Community College. This is Stanford. This is Stanford. Stanford is one of the, recognized as one of the best schools in the country. If you're the Bay Area, everyone salivates to get into Stanford. Stanford is the place to be. So that's what we got going on, Carrie. Loveliness in the college. So um, wait, this actually, is really what, doing, what's Stanford's minute. tuition? Do you know? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I'm sure it's over 60K. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. So the undergraduate tuition, at first I looked at this, Carrie, and I thought it was reasonable. I was like, oh, $16,900. That's cheap. Why is, why is tuition so cheap? And then I read further. Oh, regularly, regular quarterly tuition for the academic year. <laughs> it's payable autumn, winter, and spring quarters. Oh, so it's actually just three quarters of this you've got to pay. So 16.9 times three, you're paying $50,000 a year. Well, I'm actually kind of shocked because that's what, that's what Duke cost in 1996. It's kind of crazy. I would have thought it would have gone up. Well, I mean, that's what it says, 16.9. Um, it doesn't include fees. It doesn't include room and board. It's just tuition. Oh, okay. So just to be clear, that's just, that's just tuition. So maybe you throw on room and board. Maybe it's another 20K. I don't know. There's a video I thought of, a, a lecture by Professor Jonathan Haidt, who I talk about a lot because I love his book, um, The Righteous Mind. But, um, and he has another book out, which we haven't, I haven't read yet, but I want to read for book club at some point called um, The Coddling of the American Mind. Is that it? Yeah, that's yeah. it. I do yeah. Want to read that also. yeah, this one here. So I haven't read this one yet, but maybe for book club we can read it because this is all about what we talk about all the time about what's happening at college campuses. But anyway, I got to hear him speak once and uh, it was a great lecture. And he, he talks about how universities used to be places of education, that the goal was a pursuit of truth and a pursuit of knowledge and how that is at odds. And he, and he quotes John Stuart Mill you know, who's like, uh, what's that quote? He who, who only knows his side of the argument knows very little of it. Like you have to know the other side of the argument to arrive at truth. And you, he talks about how that's at odds with Marxist ideology, which is about like turning people into little activists. And so it's like universities have a choice to make. They're going to have to decide between if their goal is education and the pursuit of truth and knowledge, or if their goal is activism and turning people into activists in pursuit of changing the world. There's another quote he talks about in that video, um, and we can put the link in our description. Uh, and I, f I forget what that other quote is, but it's kind of symbolic of what the, what the neo-Marxist left is about, and the identity politics left is about, which is that the, the highest um, aim could be you know, to make the world a better place. And so that's certainly what colleges have become now, like, I agree with you. That's what they are now. They, most of them have given over to this belief system that like, hey, the point of college is to take your child and turn them into uh, a little puppet for this ideology and send them out into the world thinking that they're going to change the world and make the world a better place. And 
because of that belief and that desire to do that and that belief that that's what's good, then they're, um, they're easy targets for this, this, they're easy targets for ideological possession. You know, Carrie, I was, this just got me to thinking, I, this is just a theory, but I wonder if we're seeing this accelerated craziness on campus like this uh, and, and more overt social justice. I wonder if we're seeing it partly because the universities realize that their credibility is they're living on borrowed time because of the rise of the internet. Access to information is not something that you can only get by paying a large tuition and going to listen to professors lecture. And so the value of a university, maybe they see the writing on the wall intuitively and they realize the value of a college education is going to drop precipitously. I believe it already is dropping in the marketplace. And so maybe they're realizing like, well, shit, while we still have some prestige, we've got to push our, we've got to build our army now because we're, we're not going to be around. We're not going to have the prestige in 30 years to build an army. It's, it's now or never. Because right now you can go, you can take the most brilliant minds in any subject are available to you for free, basically, on the internet. Even if it's not for free and sometimes you have to pay for a class at MIT or whatever, it's cheaper than tuition. You don't have to take the diversity and inclusion classes. You don't have to take, you know, French cheeses of the 18th century or whatever other crap that they make you take to round out your education. You can take the class you want on the subject you want and from an expert, from probably the world's expert. And maybe they're recognizing the writing on the wall. Just like mainstream media has recognized, oh, like we've got to use our credibility to push a narrative because we, like, we're losing it. We've lost our, like it's going, I think they lost that battle. But it's, it's kind of a similar phenomenon. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the, the reality is um, this is from a couple years ago, so I'm sure it's changed now. Uh, this is from 2016. Um, there was a study done that said 18% of social scientists in the U.S. self-identify as Marxists. Right. Compared to only 5% who identify as even conservative. <laughs> Like, I was going to say the opposite of, of Marxist is not conservative. It's not conservative. That's it's, it's interesting, but it just shows you how few there. I don't think they're trying to compare opposites, but they are trying to show you like, like 18% self-identify as Marxist. And then compared to something like conservatives is pretty, like mainstream. It's only 5%. And you've got this extremist ideology that people are openly saying they are Marxist and that's not counting. That's not counting all of the dumb ones who don't realize they're Marxist. Do you know what I mean? Like the ones who think, right. Oh, I'm a progressive and they don't understand what their ideology is. Like it was me. I didn't understand. I was a Marxist. I was like, Oh, this is left. This is progressivism and liberalism. It's not. <laughs> so so um, I wonder what would happen if they did a survey of how many self-identify as Nazis, because the Marxists are telling us that the big problem in America is the Nazis. Uh, so what percentage of a college professors do you think self-identify as Nazi, Carrie? I'm pretty sure I'm going to go with zero. I would guess zero. <laughs> I would guess zero. Yeah, that would be my guess as well. And oh my gosh. 15%, 18% Marxist? What 18% is it? openly admit to being Marxist. Openly admit to being Marxist. Not, so. It's not even the ones who don't understand that they are, um, which is so funny because they, they try and pretend like, we live in a world that's so um, uh, accepting or turns a blind eye at Nazism or something. Like, what are you talking about? Nobody, nobody endorses Nazis. Nobody of any 
importance who's nobody who's not a nut job. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not a mainstream thing. There's no mainstream support for it. Like there is for Marxism. You guys. Yeah. Really get- yeah. And no, I yeah. agree with you. It's kind of, um, I, I feel like it's kind of like you're, you're in a room with Jeffrey Dahmer and he's like, that guy, that guy hit someone with his car and written, and, and, <laughs> like, yeah, you're a fucking cannibal. And, and no, Jeffrey Dahmer's like, you know what the real problem is? Exactly. <laughs> like, the real problem is all these hit and runs I'm seeing. Or no. Dudes, they're all over the place. <laughs> it's, Give me it's, a finger. Um, so this makes me think of, not to go on a tangent, but this conversation I was having with this person online the other day who was talking about, um, they just have a different world view because they, because they are fed this in order to believe the stuff that SJWs believe they're fed this crazy narrative and it's not true a lot most of what they believe is not true right so they do believe there's like Nazis running around everywhere it's like what are you talking about there's Marx you believe that to distract you from the very obvious fact that there are Marxists running around everywhere right yeah you you don't be alarmed guys let's pay attention to this thing that's not really a threat Yet. I got back from my Donner Party meeting and they told me to keep an eye out for the hit and run drivers. It's, the, yeah. it's that exact thing. Totally. Yeah. So this guy I was talking to, he, he has such a bleak view of the world. And he was saying, you know, what was he talking about? He was like, oh, shouldn't the, shouldn't the state or shouldn't the state apologize for slavery? And I'm like, I don't think it really matters. I mean, who are they apologizing to? Do you know any slaves? Like, the, the, who, how does the, first of all, how does the state apologize and secondly, who are they apologizing to? And thirdly, what good does that do anyone? Like, why are you living in the past? Like, focus on the future. And, I think and, they did apologize. I think it was called the Civil War. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I just don't What I don't other understand. country fought a civil war over slavery? Right, over slavery. But so then, then he goes, uh, basically, he was saying that my view of the world is wrong. And he goes, I, I, he's, he's like, I wonder how many people... Uh, would love to have slavery brought back. How many Americans would love to have slavery back? And I'm like, do you think that number is high is, is more than a fraction of a fraction of 1%? Are you kidding me? Like, I don't think that's a very high number at all, dude. Like, I think he probably, what are you saying that like a large number of Americans want to have slavery? Actually, I, I'll agree with him. Why? Yes. Okay. Why? Oh, come on. Because, because, <laughs> I think authoritarians view citizens as slaves. So I think the entire left wants everyone to be subject to their rule, which is basically just slavery. Yes, but that's not what he means. You know what I he know, means. I know, I'm teasing. I know you're teasing. I knew you had some little <laughs> trick up your sleeve. No, that's, I, I get it. Like, technically, yeah, they want us to be slaves to the state, but that's not what he means. He means no. that in the heart of white Americans, they secretly want to have um, black slaves. It's like, what are you talking what are you smoking yeah well i mean look in fairness it, it was a subject at my last white privilege meeting that we held over in the uh, <laughs> i don't know oh. where do they meet the masonic temple i don't know what yeah well that's what somebody else was saying that that um oh this is a different thread even some this this sjw was saying again arguing for this really bleak view of their fellow citizen and we're talking about there's just like this rampant um racism and bigoted beliefs and and they they go to these racism anonymous meetings and they're like well i've been to racism anonymous meetings i know the dark heart of america it's like and my friend said or one of our one of thomas 
one of our uh, viewers who's mm-hmm. Thomas said, yeah, if, if I, if all I did was go to AA meetings, I'd think that most people were alcoholics too. Right. Like, what are you talking? <laughs> right. That's why people in Hollywood think everyone else is horrible. Yes. <laughs> yes. They, anyway. they, they think the world is full of uh, narcissistic pedophiles. Pedophiles. Yeah. Because you know, that's, that's what just, they are. It's just a mirror. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Carrie. You know, the other thing that will, that I've noticed increasingly is the, there are a large number and I, you know, I'll, I'll use the term NPCs out there, but basically they're just midwits who are, don't pay attention. Like they just, they're fine. They're fine people above average intelligence, often busy with their lives, doing other things, but they don't, they don't see the significance of this. They, they brush it off like it's like, oh, well, yeah, there's always crazy people who believe some things and, and whatever. And it's not a big deal. We don't really have to worry about it too much. And, you know, they look at this and they think, well, of course, I still can't send my kid to Stanford. It's Stanford. And that would kind of be the end of the argument, but it's Stanford, right? And there's kind of a lack of giving due weight to the evil ideas behind this because... I, I think it's hard to contemplate. It's hard to contemplate a modern society falling into complete and utter disarray because of a, a bunch of collectivists, because no one has really lived through it unless they're immigrants who've come from somewhere where that's happened. Oh, and uh, they're very vocal. They're very vocal. Like about human, human immigrants, yeah. for example. People <laughs> yeah. who've escaped communism are very vocal about it. Um, but hey, wait a minute. Don't call those people who would be okay with their kid going to Stanford midwits because there are, look, if you've raised your kid to be well adjusted and to be, have a healthy skepticism and to be aware of this stuff. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily automatically say, no, you can't go to Stanford because they have these classes. You know, I would want to be, I'm, I'm not saying that you can't yeah. do that. I'm saying that they, they don't treat it with due consideration and weight. Like if you're going to give if you're going to send your kid to Stanford and there are, uh, dwindling number of reasons to send your kid to university, but networking is one of them. And if you want to be in the startup world, going to Stanford is probably the best move you can make just in terms of networking. Um, but it does mean that you pay attention to this and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to pay. I'm going to have some say over your curriculum. I'm going to have some say over what classes you take. I'm going to pay attention to what you're doing. I'm not just going to fork over money and slap you on the back and be like, good luck because you are going into a den of wolves and it doesn't mean you can't get something valuable out of it, but you got to go in with both eyes open and aware of what you're doing. Yeah. That's all. By the way, I had a friend, one of my best friends went to Stanford. One of my best friends from science MS school and she is a genetic scientist and she's in charge of the staff of a ton of people. And she didn't have to take any like dumbed down women's classes. <laughs> you don't have to take this stuff. I know. I'm just saying. It's like I don't like the I don't like the implication that women aren't in the field because they need they're not being pandered to. Well, that's the thing we didn't talk about, Carrie. But it will have a real effect. Women and minorities with degrees in physics from Stanford will be looked at askance a little bit because people will be like, well, can I see your transcript? Did you take this freaking physics 41E? And like, what kind of, what kind of physics credits do you have? I don't know if they will be looked at that way. I just think we're going to have a bunch of physicists who are not 
who are actually just feminists. <laughs> I will, I'll correct. They'll be looked at that way if they're being hired for their engineering talents. If they're being hired for some other reason, then they won't be looked at that way at all. You're right. Yeah. And even um, if they're hired for their engineering talents or their physics talents, there's probably some people who won't care and they'll just be excited that they're representative of whatever race or gender they are excited about. So, yeah. Um, okay. Equality, Carrie. What? No, no such thing as equality. I want to throw that out there. Well, but, but for people who look, let's not get into that at the end of this. Let's wrap this up. (laughs) Thank you guys for watching and tuning in. And if you like our videos, please hit like and subscribe and share with your friends. And we have a subscribe star. If you want to contribute uh, any financial assistance with our channel, and if you want to get one of the cool mugs that Carter has, I guess I need to give us a dollar. So, no, no I need actually, to you don't have it, Carrie, <laughs> because this is the only prototype we're I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, you we will have- get one. You will get one if you sign up. Yeah, um, I did buy one of our t-shirts. We have t-shirts for sale and we have, uh, what else? We have book club coming up. We moved the date to September, Sunday, September 15th. And we'll be doing a video discussion where we're going to be discussing 1984. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for watching, everyone. There's no such thing as equality. Shut up.